Good to be in God's house this morning, and uh, good to see you folks here this morning, and uh, I I hope you'll remember today to to pray for these folks that are out sick. The sickness has run through the church. Now, Miss Alyssa's back today. Praise God for that. Amen. She's over there helping Brother Spike, but she is back, and that thing run through their household a couple of times, did a couple of laps. And uh, I was thankful that it got me and left, amen, and I was glad of that. But I don't think I could have dealt with it running through it again. But uh, Miss Alyssa's back today. I'm glad about that. Some other folks are still dealing with it, and we'll pray for them and remember them. And then when you go home today, remember Brother uh, uh, Don Case will be with us tonight, and they'll be singing. I like to hear him sing them old songs on that accordion. That had never been my favorite instrument, but it seems like it goes right with him. Amen. He does a good job. And he said he bought him a trumpet or a trombone or something. He's, he'll be playing that. I think he had his trombone last time, but now he's got him a trumpet. So he'll add to the flavor a little bit tonight. And, and it's always we always have a good time uh, when he comes. He's been with us for two years now. And so he was supposed to be here for the revival, uh, but that kind of fell apart. I'm just going to quit planning anything, amen? Just go spur of the moment stuff from now on. But at any rate, at any rate, we'll uh, look here. In the, uh, I know uh, despite of my best or worst laid plans, the Bible will be true tonight. So I'll give that amen. to you, amen? amen. Uh, Acts chapter number 4, and I preached to you, I guess, over a year ago out of Acts chapter 3 about Peter and John, and then I talked to you about it a couple of weeks ago. But there's some very important stuff in chapter 4 that we want to look at and and, uh, go over. And so let's look at that this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer first and then we'll read the scripture. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for each and every one that's here. I pray, oh God, you'd give them a special blessing for coming. Lord, they could have laid in the bed this morning, got a couple hours of rest. I know, uh, uh, Lord, folks work and and, uh, have all sorts of things to do. But thank God that there's still some people that's willing, Lord, not only to work a work week, but to get up on the first day of the week, dear God, and devote that to you. And Lord, I thank you for that this morning. I pray, oh God, you'd give them a special blessing, and I can think of no better blessing than the truth of the Word of God, a converted heart, a new outlook, dear God, uh, an outlook that's based on the Word of God, and I pray that you'd give us that this morning. Help us, deal with us. Strengthen us in the faith. God, help us to uh, do as we ought to with the truth. Help me to preach it. Help these to hear it as they ought to hear it. And uh, heed, uh, take heed to what they hear and apply it to their lives. And help me to do the same, oh God. And I thank you and praise you for what you do. Be with Brother Case as they travel today, oh God. Watch over, uh, Lord, our church family members that couldn't be here today. Our folks from St. George are dealing with the sickness. Lord, we say a a special prayer this morning for Brother Richard and Sister Tammy. Uh, Lord, in Savannah, we pray, O God, that you would help, have mercy, and we'll thank you, O God, for all that you do. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. All right, look in chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They were grieved because these men were preaching the gospel. 
I hope you're not grieved when you hear the gospel. Amen. Uh, you know, a lot of people they don't they only want to hear anything about religion on Christmas and Easter. But I'm glad I got me a religion that lasts all year, every Sunday of the year, and every day in between Sunday and Sunday. Amen. Something that you can be glad about, excited about. And we was talking about in Sunday school this morning. He said, I'm going to do my best to stir you up. Something you can get stirred up about. Amen. Now, I like teaching when it comes time to teach. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to teach the Bible. Just to break open the bread of life and to see each part fit exactly where it's supposed to fit. But uh, listen, when time for teaching is done, I like to get a little bit stirred up. Amen. I like, the, I like the truth of the Bible. I'd rather get excited about the Bible than anything I know of. I can get pretty excited over a football game. Amen. Now, I'm not much. <laughs> amen. Amen. I, I can get pretty excited over, you know, I mean, I, can, I like certain things. You know, I can play baseball, but I just couldn't watch a baseball game on television. I just couldn't do it. It'd be kind of like watching bre uh, bread bake or something like that. Uh, you know, I can play golf. I can hit the ball pretty good myself. I can take that driver. I can hit that ball about 300 yards. That's, I mean, where it goes, I'm not going to say, but it, it'll go that many yards. I can hit it at least a long ways. But watch it on TV? No, sir. No, sir. But, you know, about the only thing I can get excited about watching is maybe football. Uh, but I'm glad that I got a, a God that's more exciting than even a football game. Amen? If, if the only thing in this world we got to be excited about is sports, we're in bad trouble. Amen? There's so much more to life than sports. I mean, it's it just it, it's not even funny. I mean, you got life and breath and blood running through your body. You can get out and be active yourself on a daily basis and go out. Like I was saying another day, I was praying God, hey... You know, I'm not young and I'm not old. I'm 43 years old, but I want to live a life of excitement this year. And I know if I do that, it's not going to be, you know, I'm too old for football. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm too young for racquetball. That's for old people down at the country club. Amen. So I'm kind of in the middle. I guess I just have to commit myself to going out uh, fishing for men. Amen. And maybe do a little bit of bass fishing in between. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, I want something I can be stirred up about. Amen. And something true. Yeah. I want to be stirred up about the truth if I'm going to be stirred up about anything. Uh, but he says uh, that it grieved. They were grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And that's what the gospel is about. The Bible says that the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is not what the apostles did. It's not what the prophets did. It's what Jesus done. Right. What a man does means absolutely nothing. Uh, what, what goes on? Listen, what goes on in your family? What goes on in your house? That's not the gospel. The gospel goes on in your heart. It's the death, burial, and the yeah. resurrection of the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. And I tell you what, that's what will grieve folks. That's what, that's what will uh, uh, turn people's minds uh, from the wrong to the right. Amen. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It says they laid hands, verse 3, they laid hands on them and put them in hold. Can you imagine getting arrested? For preaching. Can you imagine that? For preaching the gospel. I mean, if you preach a falsehood, you deserve to get arrested. <laughs> Amen? Uh, but if you're preaching the truth, uh, you, ought to, uh, you, ought to be, you ought to be one of the most loved people in the world. If you're witnessing at work, they ought to love you. They ought not to hate you. You're trying to do right by people. 
said, They laid hands on them, put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of men was about 5,000. That's a pretty good catch for one day, ain't it? Right. Amen. Uh, they, they told the truth. They suffered a little bit for it. And God gave the increase uh, to their preaching and teaching. It says, and they came to pass, it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were, uh, were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. Now these are the people that's against God. These are the people that's against James and or Peter and John. Uh, this is a continuation of chapter 3. Uh, these men are preaching. They got put in hold overnight. And it says Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander. That leads me to say this this morning. God's got a record of every name of every man that's against him. God not only has a book that's got your names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but God has a list. God knows. Remember when we talked about old Zacchaeus. God knew everything about him. He was a rich man. God knew where he, where he lived. He said, hey, come down out of that tree. I'm going to your house. God knew exactly where he was going. God knew how much money he had. The Bible says he was a rich man. He knew his financial uh, statement. He knew his, he knew his house. He knew his name. And, and not only that, he knew exactly where he was. He stopped right in front of that tree and looked up at him. He didn't have no problem finding him, knowing his name, what he had, or what his condition was. God knows. God got a list. Sitting here this morning, you don't believe? Hey, God's got a list of that, and God's going to call it into account one of these days. Uh, not only does God know his own, he knows those. He knows those. He's got a name and a record of everybody that's ever been against him. Amen. Verse 7, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Now you remember in chapter 3, they just walked by this man. He said, give me, he said, I need something. He said, well, we don't have no silver and gold, but such as I have, I give it to you. They took him by the hand, lifted him up. And out of that, that's a type of salvation. But not only is that a type of salvation, in chapter 4 you see 5,000 men got saved because of that. Uh, and so that caused quite a stir, you can imagine. If 5,000 people got saved in folks, and you can imagine what a stir uh, would go on. Uh, the county commissioners and the city fathers wouldn't know what to do with themselves once 5,000 people raised up and said, we ain't having no more beer. Amen. What could they do then? They could pass all the laws they wanted to, but if there wasn't nobody drinking it, amen, well, it wouldn't be nothing they could do about it. But at any rate, these folks, is, these folks are upset now. He said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Look back up in verse 9. If we be examined of the good deed done. Listen, if you're asking me about a good deed that I've done, the only thing I can tell you, no matter what kind of effect it had, if somebody got saved, if somebody got right, if somebody got help, if somebody got food, all I can tell you is Jesus done it. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't care about your food or your soul or nothing else. Amen? I'd be just like every other thief and robber in the world, looking out for my own self. Simon Peter said we didn't do this ourselves. We didn't do it for ourselves. He said, but by Jesus Christ this thing was done. Be it known unto you 
you all that to all the and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Now listen, oh uh, uh, Peter and John. Uh, They're lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not lifting up the name of nobody else. Uh, Paul never exalted his own name. He said, hey, I'm least than all. He said, I'm the least of all the apostles. I'm the least. Amen. Uh, John uh, the Baptist, the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ said about John the Baptist, he said, he said, out of all the prophets from Moses till now, he said, there's none greater than John the Baptist. People said, hey, John the Baptist never done any great miracles. He didn't part the Jordan. He didn't cut off the heads of the prophet. He said, but everything he said about Jesus was true. That made him the best. But listen, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. He said, listen, I'm not the one. He said, I'm not the one. He said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. So these men say, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Now, let me tell you who he is. <laughs> this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. You say, what if I don't love Jesus Christ? What if I don't believe in Jesus Christ this morning? Well, you can set him at naught if you want to. You can set him aside. But pretty soon he's going to knock the cornerstone out of your building and he's going to replace it. The Bible says one of these days, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. There's plenty of people on the top side of this earth today that will say, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. I don't want nothing to do with religion. I don't want nothing to do with that church down there. But one of these days, God's going to knock their foundation loose and they'll be right down on their knees confessing that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I didn't say the Lord. That's the profession of a Christian. That's the profession of a saved man. But the world is going to have to admit Jesus is Lord. You know, a Christian, you know, you see these license plates. It goes around saying Jesus is Lord. That's not what you want to say. That's the profession of a lost man standing before God having to admit that he is God. The admission of a saved man is Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. I mean, a lost person, they serve the God of this world. They got many lords. Alcohol might be the Lord. Amen. A public opinion might be the Lord. Fame might be the Lord. There are all kinds of lords. But one of these days they're going to admit Jesus is Lord. Amen. What you want to do is you want to admit that Jesus is the Lord right here and right now in this present world. He said, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. Listen, you can set him aside, but you're going to have to deal with him one day. Old Pontius Pilate, he washed his hands and said, I don't want nothing to do with this. Well, it's not that easy. You can't wash your hands of Jesus and walk away and say, I'm not going to deal with it. He tried to send him to Herod. Herod sent him back. I mean, you can send him away today. He'll be back, though. He'll be back. You say, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. He'll come haunt you in your dreams tonight. Amen. He'll come by and talk to you when you least expect it. A lot of people don't want to listen. But hey, when that car begins to slide towards the other lane or towards the embankment or off of a bridge, I guarantee you he'll come back to your mind. You won't be able to wash that away. You say, how do you know I've been there? I've I've been there after I'm saved. And I've been there and you know some of my darkest times as a Christian and not doing what I ought to do. Listen, you just let one thing go bad. You just let your heart skip one beat. You'll think of that name. Yeah. I mean, you, may, you may set him at naught, but he's going to be the head of your corner one of these days. That's the main block in the building, by 
the way. He said, this is the stone which was set at uh, naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Listen, the whole world and their religion trying to set it naught, Jesus Christ. The Pope replace him, uh, try to replace him as the Holy Father. The Pope says, I'm Christ's representative here on earth. I got news for you. The Holy Spirit is Christ's representative Amen. here on this earth. Amen? Amen. So he says, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. He's the head of the church. Amen. He's my head. He ought to be your head. You say, who's the head of the home? It ought to be Jesus. Amen. You say, I thought it was the man, as long as it's under Jesus. Amen. He's the head of the corner. He's the head of the church. He's the head, he's the head of this church. Amen. He ought to be the head of our lives. Amen. He's the head of the corner. Neither, look at verse 12. This is where I'm trying to get to. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other. Uh, Back in the Council of Nicaea, that was a long time ago, the Catholics put that on. They said there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church. And they said, well, Vatican II, Vatican II, nothing. Vatican II states in their mandate that they still go by the Council of Nicaea. That means you can't be saved unless you go to a Catholic church. I'm glad that ain't true. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that ain't true. There is, look what it says again, neither is there salvation in any other. There's no salvation in the Pope. Matter of fact, there's no salvation in me. The only salvation in me is Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory. In other words, you can't get saved by me. Christ has to save you. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no salvation in entertainment. People looking for salvation right there. Boy, if I could just relax a little bit. The whole world seems to be uptight. It's like they've driven for 12 hours. Have you ever drove 12 hours and your shoulders seem like they want to come up and scratch your ears? I mean, just uptight. You ever felt that way? Well, people are looking for escape from that. That's the condition the whole world is in, just uptight over everything. Uptight over my job, uptight over my finances, uptight over my wife. She's such a... Boy, she she just... And women feel the same way about their husband. Boy, he just, oh, I don't see why I married him. Why didn't I listen to mother? <laughs> the people up top. You say, what is it? People looking for escape from that thing. Right. Hey, people look for it in a pill. People look for it in an alcohol. People look for it in entertainment. People look for it in recreation. And it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's no salvation in a church. Amen? That Catholic church said there's no salvation outside the church. Listen, salvation is not in the church. Salvation is in the head of the church. It's in Jesus Christ. Listen, you can go to a Catholic church all your days and go to hell. Go to a Baptist church all your days and go to hell. Go to a charismatic church all your days and go to hell. Go to a Methodist church all your days and go to hell. Church of God, Assembly of God, Holiness, Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, Congregationalist. I mean, you just go down the line. Luke Salvation is not in a church. It's not in the denomination. It's in a name. The Lord Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. Amen? Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name. Now we're getting down to specifics. Pope Paul. No salvation there. Amen? that's That's a robber of God's glory. Amen. Joseph Smith. There's no, there's no salvation right there. Amen. Amen. No salvation there. Amen. 
There, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Boy, that's pretty cut and dry, ain't it? That's pretty, I mean, right down to where uh, there's nothing left but you and Jesus Christ. Now the question is, what will you do with Him? Let me ask you this, what have you done with Him? Uh, just about everybody in the building would say, I've been saved. Have you? Are you a different person than you was? I mean, you remember a time, I mean, before you heard about Jesus Christ, you remember who you was? Are you still that same person? Are you worse? Listen, people don't get saved and get worse. Listen, I won't throw a blanket statement. It's possible. You turn away from God, go the wrong direction, don't listen to the truth, you turn out worse, but you'll be dead pretty soon. Amen. Listen, uh, you say, well, I know so-and-so. They've been in church. They ain't lived for God for 30 years. They're not saved. Then you take it and turn around. I know so-and-so. They've backslid for 30 years. They ain't been to church in 30 years. They claim to be saved. What about that? They're not saved. They're not saved. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. Don't believe it at all. Uh, You know, my my own self, I've got a brother that made a profession of faith when he was a little boy. And, you know, he, he tells me to this day, I'm saved. I'm saved. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You say, well, that's your brother. There's no special amendment for preachers' brothers. My grandmother swore that she was saved to the day that she died. And you know, I mean, you're the preacher. Go ahead and preach your grandmother into heaven. I can't preach somebody into heaven. The the gospel that applies to you and your family applies to me and mine. And listen, you you don't get saved and be a drunkard and a dope addict all your life without God Doing something about that. No, sir. No, sir. It's not possible. It's not possible. I don't find a record of that anywhere in my Bible. I find the prodigal son. What happened to the prodigal son? He went from the top to the bottom. The prodigal son lost everything until he was driven back to the arms of his father. You say, well, what if he didn't go back to his father? He would have died in the hog pen. He would have died in the hog pen. There's no life in the hog pen. You say, well, prove that. Well, I tell you what, you dig a pit and put a hog in there and try to live with him three or four days. I don't know that you'd live a week. What makes you think you'd name the name of Jesus and live in the hog pen of this world and live very long? It's not a life I'd want to live, I promise you that. I don't believe, listen, you say, what are you saying? I guess I'm quoting the the old uh, Oliver B. Green used to say on the radio, and and some of you may not know, there used to be a time when everybody on the East Coast knew who Oliver B. Green was. How many of you know who Oliver B. Green is? Woo! How many of you know who Brad Pitt is? (laughs) You ain't raising your hand, but you know. There was a time when every well, there was a time when just about every Christian on the East Coast knew who Oliver B. Green was, and Lester Roth. They were radio preachers, and they were on in every town, every town. People knew who they were. They don't know anymore. But Oliver B. Green said he thought that probably uh, greater than fifty percent of people that was members of churches, Baptist churches, were lost and on their way to hell. Because they were ushered in and made to say a little prayer and they thought they were saved. No change took place. There was no change in their life. 
There was no change in their desires. There was no change in their forms of entertainment. I mean, they went on and had the same pleasure and the same old thing. No change. No dealing. The Holy Spirit never dealt with their heart about changing this or changing that or improving this. Some people don't like change. How about improvement? You like that? All you preachers always trying to change us. Well, no. Think of it this way if you have to. We're trying to improve you. You know what mama done when she was whooping you? You think she was trying to hurt you? If you got a mama or daddy that was trying to hurt you, that ain't no mama and daddy. And my mom and daddy laid it to Woo! I mean, I got my chair. But I believe this. I believe they're trying to help me. Amen? Well... When you get salvation, you get changed. When you're dealing with the name of Jesus, the Bible says, let everyone that names the name of Jesus depart from iniquity. There's a change there. You're not still looking for a way to get over. Some of us, you know, some, some, some of us here in this world are conniving. Always looking for a way to cut a corner. Always looking for a way to get around or get over. You don't get around or get over when you run into Jesus. You deal with things honestly and truthfully. Amen? Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's some things that must take place in your life. The Bible said you must be born again. That born again, I took you over that several weeks ago. And boy, I hate myself. I took that sermon on being converted and I deleted it. Boy, I've done that on accident. Boy, I was upset with myself. You say, what? And that upsets me more than any other sermon. Because if there's anything we need in this day and time, we need conversion. We need people that get their heart right, but not just get it right. We need some change. I'm talking about an encounter with Jesus Christ that will change the way you talk and change the way you act and change the way you feel them. You say, all oh, this lovey, lovey, lovey stuff. There ought to be some kind of love if you learn who Jesus Christ is. There ought to be some kind of love for your neighbor. I mean, you ought to love yourself a little bit. I'm amazed at the amount of Christians that keep on abusing themselves after they get saved. Amen? Amen. I mean, I'm one of the guilty ones. I got saved at an early age and got in the Marines. I, you know, drank and got all kinds of tattoos all over the place. I abused myself. Nobody else did that to me. Nobody pushed that on me. I did that. I did that. Oh, we, we, live in a, we live in a desperate age. We live in a desperate age. We, we live in an age when nothing is taboo. Nothing's beyond the limits. That ought not be true for a Christian. Ought not be true for a Christian. And I guarantee you, if you're a Christian and you get in that spot that I found myself in, I guarantee you the Lord's going to deal with you and bring you back one way or the other. Like I said, the, the, you know, that, uh, that fellow, he said he came to himself, which is a great distress to the Calvinists. He came to himself, but still he came. I, I don't have any doubt that the Holy Spirit was there to remind him, to open him up, to open his eyes to his condition. Listen, you might be sitting in here this morning lost, never having been born again. You might be sitting here drifting far away. You might be a Christian and drifting far away. I'd remember that name. What will do to get you back from a backslidden condition? The same thing that got you from a lost condition. Remember that name. Listen, the same name that a Savior bring you back from a backslidden condition. Uh, neither is there... How many times are you going to read that, Brother Mike? I don't guess it matters, does it? Can you think of a better verse to read this morning? The wages of sin is death. Let's read that one for a little while. Oh, had you rather we just stick with this one? Uh, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other. Why do you keep reading that over and over? Because it's true. 
Because it's right. Because it's needful that we remember these things. The Sunday school lesson this morning said, I'll stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Though you know them and be established in the present truth. Don't matter that you've heard this a thousand times. Hear it a thousand and one times. Amen. It's good every time. That's the good thing about believing in the Lord. The same old truth and the same. I mean, we're still singing, leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. I mean, I don't know exactly the date that was written, but I guarantee if you looked it up in your little songbook, it was a long time ago. Still good. It's still all right. I mean, let these other dead religions have all the Christian rock and all this other stuff they want. I mean, leaning on the everlasting arms still good for me. They say, well, we sung, uh, we sung when the roll is called up yonder, Wednesday and Sunday morning. Woo-hoo, I need some diversity. <laughs> okay, quit watching TV and start reading your Bible. Amen. 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 I, I, need, I, I need some change every once in a while. Okay, uh, quit, quit, uh, quit gossiping down at work and st- start praying. Amen. That's a change. Yeah. <laughs> It got awful quiet right there. <laughs> I don't know why it would get quiet right there. Y'all end up gossiping, are you? Telling tales? Mm. Neither is there salvation in any other. That ought to excite you, amen? That ought, I mean, every once in a while you ought to be brought back and just remember. Hey, remember what God saved you out of? Remember what God brought you from? I mean, when church gets boring for you, you ought to just think about what it would be like if you'd never been found. You know that song says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. How would you like to still be in the blind condition you was in before God woke you up and showed you what you was doing? What if the bottle still had your affections? How about that? How about that joint or that LSD? Some of you lived long enough to see the 60s. I hope none of you fooled with that mess. What if it still had you? Yeah, that's right. Well, how about just, I mean, forget about those, those sins that we like to hit on. How about just your self-pride that had you absolutely positive you was okay before you got saved? You know, people, you know, some people are drunks and drunkards and dope addicts, but some people are full of pride and think they don't need salvation. Or, uh, you know, it seems to me like I've, I've visited a lot of people and knocked on a lot of doors. Everybody that's ever been a drunkard and opened their door to me, they bow their head and say, yeah, I drink once in a while. They know who they are. They know what they are. But you know, the saddest person I've ever knocked on their door is the person that can look me right in the eyeball, not afraid at all, and say, hey, I'm all right. I don't need what you got. That person is one of the most deceived and sinful people on the face of this earth. A man that can say, look here to me. I'm good enough to get to heaven. That's the kind of man that will lead others to hell as well. But listen, there ain't no way to get to heaven except by the door. Amen. Amen. There ain't no way to get to heaven but by the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. He said, if you go in by Him, you'll go in and out and find pasture. That's a place to lay down, a place to eat, a place of safety. He comes through Jesus Christ. There is no salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The need of this generation, I was talking about about Oliver B. Green. He said most people in churches were lost. The, The need of this generation is for people to stop trying to be religious 
and to stop trying to live a better life and to really get saved, to realize there's nothing that I can do to make myself better. I need the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Once a man comes to that, then he will get better. If a man believes that much, he'll believe enough to go on and read his Bible and pray and come to church and grow and learn. He will get better. He won't get perfect overnight, but he'll get better right on. Faster and sooner than all the trying that goes through the heart of an old proud, self-righteous man. He'll try till his dying day. And the Bible said he'll get worse and worse. Worse and worse. And say, oh, well, he's got more principles and he does all these good things. And he loves his family and oh, they get along so good. You'd be surprised what goes on behind closed doors. Amen? I was talking to Nathan yesterday about some Mormons. I, I... Forgive me, my darling. I dated a Mormon girl one time, and they was kept talking to me about I was just a deceived Baptist, and, and their religion was so great, they had all these wonderful families. Some of these home churches that's come through here and left, that's the same deal. Family, family, family. got to have this wonderful family. Now, you Baptists, you know all your families is falling apart, and you're getting divorces and all this stuff. I went to eat dinner at their house, and their mom and daddy about killed one another. <laughs> That goes on behind every door in America just about, don't it? It surely does. People put up a false facade about how good and wonderful it is. That same thing going on in the hearts and minds of folks all over the country regardless of their denomination. Putting up a front. But behind, behind those eyes, behind the doors of that heart, is an unconverted, unchanged soul that's looking and searching and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Because, because at the end of every conversation that they have with themselves, they end it by saying, I'm okay. They could sit in turmoil for a whole day and grieve and gripe and never satisfied and always complaining. And at the end of the day, rather than saying, God, help me. And instead of saying that, they say, well, I'm okay. I'm okay. If I can just get some rest tonight and get up tomorrow. If I can just get one more pill. If I can just get, if I can just get through. If I can just convince myself one more time. I'll be alright. Yeah. Folks like that sitting all over in all kinds of churches all over the place. Unconverted. Lost. While out in public they may be the nicest. They may be the most spiritual looking. They may carry their Bible and do all sorts of things. But if they've not met Jesus, they're not saved. And meeting a church or meeting a preacher is not meeting Jesus. Right, Amen? That's right. Paul was on his way to Damascus, ready. The Lord struck him down and said, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus who you persecute. He got up that day. He saw things differently. He understood things differently. He talked and walked differently from that day on. Before that, he was big A number one, going to set everybody straight. After that day, he was the least. All the things that were gained to him, he counted loss. See, that's part of conversion. All the stuff that gained to you, you better count that loss and let Jesus be the one to save. Let Jesus be the one to guide. Let Jesus be the one to introduce you to the truth. Amen? It'd be a good idea for Christians to do that after they got saved. Amen? Not my will, but thine be done. Jesus didn't just say that to be blowing smoke. He did that for truth and then he done it for our example. You can't have that joy and peace without it. Not my will, but thine be done. First of all, His will that you be saved. Yeah. 
Second of all, His will that you be baptized. Third of all, it's His will that you begin to pray and read the Bible and hear the preaching of God's Word. To live and to grow and to learn to love the things of God. You don't follow that? There's no doubt in my mind. Even if you're saved, there's turmoil going on in your heart and mind. Amen? Amen? I was having a talk with my girls this week and I said, listen, I said, I see you uh, go from this thing to that thing and uh, you go from, you know, leave it to beaver or, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, we uh, Andy Griffith or something like that. And you go from one thing and then you leave that and go to a baby doll and you go from the baby doll to the cars or you go from the, I mean, just uh, go from your little toy cars to the trampoline. I said, I'd like to see you at least one time go from the trampoline to the Bible. I'd like, to see, I'd like to see you leave the baby dolls one time and go read the Bible. Not because it's your daily duty to do it. We make our children read the Bible once a day. But I'd like to get to the place where they'd go and just leave their toys one time and, and go read the Bible because that was fun. Yeah. You say, what are you getting at? I'm talking about a bunch of people who are in the, in the mindset of going to church and being churchy. But they never leave the things of this life to go do the things of the Bible because it's fun to do. I don't go to church because I have to. I think it's fun to come to church. Hey, i got reason to lay out sometimes. i got to come up with something to say three times a week or more. Sometimes I'd rather duck my... I told Ruth last night, I said, I ain't got nothing for tomorrow. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I went most of the week expecting Brother Rayton to preach. Yeah. Amen. I showed Nathan a stack. I got about 200 sermons in there in my desk that I wrote and never preached. I can't preach that mess. You say, what? Well, I wrote that for fun. <laughs> I, it's kind of funny. But listen, you've got to have a message from God, not a message from your paper. I, mean, I got plenty of sermons to preach, but I'm not a professional preacher. I didn't even go to school. Amen? Amen. Well, what do you do? You got to trust in that name. Amen. Amen. I mean, listen, I was up at 3 o'clock this morning thinking, what in the world am I going to preach? Finally, the Lord said, well, what do you reckon you're supposed to preach? (laughs) I said, well, I guess it would be a good idea to preach the gospel, huh? Well, how about that, Sherlock? (laughs) It's bad when the Lord starts making fun of you. But listen, there ain't no name. Listen, you sat here here this morning unsaved, I'd get saved. You sat here, you forgot what it was like to be saved. You forgot what God brought you from. I'd get retuned this morning. I'd say, God, now listen, my life is just religious. I come to church once in a while and read my Bible once a day because I got to or pray, you know, because, you know, because somebody said I had to say the blessing. God bless this food. Amen. Listen, that's not a Christian life. That's not a Christian life. I'd get back to the fact that I was excited about being saved and get to praying because I wanted to talk to my God. Read my Bible because I wanted my God to talk to me. I mean, pray not only just to get things, but hey, you go in, you sit in the church here, there's a lot of folks out, listen, you could be praying for folks that are sick or folks that are in financial trouble. There's people that's laid off and people that's out of a job. And people, listen, I told you 
Wednesday night or, or last Sunday night. We got people that work in seasonal jobs that the work's not that great during the listen, there's folks that got needs, folks that's got sicknesses, folks that's got heartaches. There's something for you to talk to God about more than just for your own self. I think some of us need just every once in a while an emotional adjustment. I tell my wife about that every every once in a while. Just go buy a big old bag of groceries or a cart full of groceries and wheel them out in the parking lot and give them to somebody. You say, why? Just to, just to adjust your emotion. It's not me, 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 me. Just do something for somebody else. And boy, that will adjust you up. Amen. First of all, you're giving for others. You're not being selfish. Second of all, uh, you'd be surprised what it's like to see some lady that ain't got nothing. She just come down to the grocery store with a few little dollars and got a few little things. You'd be surprised what it feels like to watch her walk off with three or four hundred dollars worth of groceries. You'd be surprised. You know, come to church like, I don't feel nothing. <laughs> well, sometimes if you want him, I mean, the Bible is filled with facts. If you want a feeling, you're going to have to get out and experience something. Sit alone in your room every day, complain about how bad things are, and then wonder why you got such a bad feeling. Sit around, complain, and bitter about everything. Hey, you're saved. What part of let not your heart be troubled didn't you understand? John chapter 14, people sat around, well, I ain't got as good a job as I wanted, while 25% of the country ain't got no job at all. And more than that, some of them just quit looking. They only report the ones that's looking. I'd say there's probably more than 25%. Oh, I ain't got the kind of car that I want. Mm. You might not have one. Amen. You might not. You may not be able to go anywhere you want to, anytime you want to. You sit around and complain. There's somebody got it worse off than you. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really enjoy too much. Some sometimes I go and work at the record company, and they're a repo company. I don't, you know, want to go too much into that and talk much about that. But listen, I go to places sometimes, you know, we get to feeling sorry for ourselves. We ain't got everything we want or need. You pull up to somebody's house that ain't got nothing sometime and see. I mean, they're losing, they're, they're about to lose their car and their, their house is going into foreclosure and they're losing everything. You just see what it's like. I mean, I mean, if you've got a shack and it's yours, just be happy with the shack. Ain't nobody coming yeah. to take it away. Right. Amen. Amen. You've got a, a Ford Pinto, be happy with it if it gets you there. Yeah. Amen. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about going from point A to point B, I mean, you get to point B, it don't much matter how you got there. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. People worried because, you know, I mean, I, I'm not immune. Amen. I've, listen, I've been to the place I've pulled up in a new Mercury or, or a, a Suburban and been mad because it didn't have Cadillac. You say, what's wrong with us? We're crazy. We're ungrateful and unthankful. And the reason is because we forgot we're saved. We forgot all of our problems are already solved. Hey Amen. We got it made and don't know it. And I'm not talking about the best of us. Some of you sitting there going, yeah, y'all got it made. No, we got it made. Amen. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because we've got the only true salvation that there is. You be, listen, people pay millions of dollars for the alcohol. I mean, millions of dollars for it. Just pay it out uh, hand over fist. And it ain't satisfied one time. 
It kills, leaves them on the side of the road in ditches, dead. I mean, they'll go, listen, you go all throughout this town, they're paying for dope, cocaine, meth, all that stuff. And listen, they're dying by the handfuls on that stuff, looking for some fun. And they don't know it's right in here. And if they were to come, they wouldn't know it because of God's people sitting around. (laughs) They say, maybe I'll go to church and see what God can do for me. And they get in here and look around God's people. You say, when are you going to quit that when you do? Amen. You're saved. That's right. Amen. Well, oh, preacher, you're always preaching on my stuff. Well, you're saved, ain't you? Amen. 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 If you don't agree with me about something I preach on, hey, are you saved? Yeah. Well, you go home and get along with God about it. Preacher, always talking about my favorite things. Well, go home and talk to God about it. Right. Amen. Amen. If He says you can do it, go ahead and keep on doing it. <laughs> Amen. Just bring me the scripture he used to tell you. And I want to see it. Amen. Because if God's going to let you do it, he let me do it too. We serve the same God, don't we? Y'all didn't know there's only one Bible, don't you? There's only one truth, right? You know, a lady asked me one time, she said, well, you say it's this way, and this preacher says it's that way, and that preacher says it's that way, and that preacher says it's that way. Who's right? I said, me. Amen. Somebody's got to be right. They're not all right. Amen. Are you right or wrong? How many of y'all got the wrong religion? Nobody going to admit up to it. The wrong one, you got the wrong one? Well, if you got the wrong one, you better find the right one. And when you find the right one, it'll be the one that lifts up Jesus Christ and Him only. Jesus Christ and Him only. And it'll be the one that can save you from all your troubles. From all of them. Old David said, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Amen. I got the answer for family problems. I got the answer for addiction problems. I got the answer for, for heart problems and flesh problems. I got the answer for financial problems, although I don't adhere very strictly to that. Amen. <laughs> I didn't say we had it mastered. I said we had the answers. But those answers are in my Bible. Amen. Amen. And it's all because Jesus died was buried and rose again the third day and opened my eyes to the truth. I'm glad for the day that I saw it. I'm glad for the day that I knew it. Glad for the day that I called on Him to save me. Remember the, I, remember the, I don't remember the date, but I remember the place. I remember the events as it happened just yesterday. I could take you right through it and reenact it if you wanted to. I know where I was at when I got saved. Amen. Didn't get saved by accident. I didn't get saved just by religion. I remember who saved me. Amen. Matter of fact, I remember God saving some of you all. Remember where you was. Amen. I got in one of my Bibles one of these days. I think I just take and go in the middle of my Bible and I got all these names written down of the people that God let me lead to the Lord over the years and got their name, called their name, got their age and their date and who they was and where they was at when they got saved. Just go down through some of those things. And the only reason they got saved was not because the witness was because of the, the dire. The one that died and was buried was rose again. God saved every one of them. 
Every one of them. Every one of them individual cases. Every one, every one of them with their own problem. And I never found one person, Brother Dane, that God couldn't meet their need. Amen. Amen? I mean, just God done miraculous things. Amen. I remember a fellow, I probably told you about this before. His name was uh, Sammy Goodnight, to the best of my remembrance. If I can't remember his name, I got it written down. But his name was Sammy Goodnight. His name was Goodnight. How would you like to go through name? Well, it'd be better. I was born Underwood. I got all kinds of trouble with that one. But anyway, he uh, he come in the store where I was working. I was a young fella, just got out of the Marines. I worked at a security company and at a convenience store. And this fella come in and grabbed a bunch of honey buns and run out the door with them. And so I took off after him and caught him and brought him back in there. And I was about to give him what for. And the Lord said, you better witness to him before you call the law on him. <laughs> so we got the witnessing to him, me and my buddy in there. And the boy got saved in there. And he said, listen, I, he said, I got on back cocaine real bad. And he said, my wife threw me out. I've been living in the, in the weeds down here. How many of y'all live in the weeds? Anybody in here living in the weeds? He said, I've been living in the weeds down here behind the store. And he said, I just got so desperate I had to come in here. Well, you, I, I, man, I, uh, you can't very well call the law on a guy like that. Amen. But anyway, uh, you know, I, you know, my friend was talking to him, went out there and looked. And sure enough, his stuff was around there. And come back and began to talk with him. He got on cocaine and his wife threw him out. And he had some little children living out there in the weeds. And now he's in here stealing. And boy, it just goes down and down, don't it, when you follow sin? And I said, listen, boy, I, I got a better way than calling the police. I said, I know a different fellow that will help you a lot better than going to jail would. Amen. Told him about Jesus, broke out my little New Testament, began to tell him about that, and, and he got down on his knees right there in the store. People coming in and out. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It wasn't no small town either. Drove an hour to go to work at that place. Always wondered why God had me drive an hour to work at a convenience store. It just didn't make no sense. Well, this guy got down on his knees right there and got saved, and we loaded him up with honey buns. And he left out. I wrote his name down in my Bible right there. So we're going to pray for you. We gave him a little New Testament, and he went on his way. And uh, I said to my friend, I said, well, it might have been one of them pre-jailhouse conversions, you know. People go into jail, make a profession of faith so they can maybe get out on good behavior or something. I said, well, we'll just pray for him and see what happens. And this fellow come in about maybe six or eight weeks later. Clean cut, nice shave, good clothes off. He walked up to the counter and said, you remember me? I said, Mr. Goodnight. He said, yeah. He said, I ain't been on cocaine since I got saved. He said, my wife took me back. He said, my, me and my children, we're going to church down here at such and such a church. He said, man... I just wanted to come back and thank you guys. Didn't come to buy nothing. He said, I just want to thank you. He said, can I pay you back for that cakes and stuff you gave me? I said, no. Just coming back to pay back enough. Amen. Listen, Brother Mike didn't have nothing for that fella. Except for the gospel. Jesus Christ died for him. Jesus Christ loved him. Gave his life for an old cokehead laying in the ditch. And listen, if he could pull a man out of the weeds and put his life back together and his finances back together and give him a job and give him his wife back, what in the world could he do for you? Amen? Amen. Anybody here on cocaine? 
Anybody here lost in false doctrine? Anybody here sleeping out in the woods at night? No, so you already got it made. How much better would it be if you gave your heart and life to Jesus today? Quit running after the things of this world. Forget about the things of this world. Amen? If you don't got the most money, forget about it. If nobody loves you and nobody cares about you, forget about that stuff. Love and care about somebody else. Some people just looking for attention. Amen? Quit looking for attention. Focus your attention on the Lord. Amen? Don't be looking to be the taker your whole life. How about being a giver one time? Amen. So, well, I got nothing to give. You got plenty to give if you got Jesus. Amen. Listen, the very, the very thing that started this story was Peter and John saying, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. Amen. Funny how things come full circle in a sermon, don't it? Have you got Jesus to give? If you do, you've got everything in the world. You say, I don't have it, preacher. You come this morning and get it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.